Welcome to GovIT, a new monthly podcast series from DLT, where we will discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. This week, we're sitting down with Cohesity's Steve Graywall, a veteran C-level technology executive who has worked for several federal agencies, including the General Services Administration and the Department of Education. We're discussing data fragmentation and security in the public sector. Steve, good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Cohesity, the company uses the term mass data fragmentation a lot. Explain to us what this is, why it matters to federal agencies. I presume you're not talking about the type of fragmentation that happens on a disk. Yes, that is correct. So yes, Cohesity has termed the uh, has coined the term mass data fragmentation. Uh, the problem in a nutshell is threefold. Uh, it is the fragmentation itself. So if we think about the last decade, there's been a lot of innovation with the public cloud, uh, with on-premise data centers, managed service providers, you know, edge solutions. And while that uh, innovation has resulted in optionality for federal agencies and uh, departments, it's also caused a data sprawl or a data proliferation effect. So that's the fragmentation itself. Number two, that data footprint, given it's fragmented, is also very inefficient. It's inefficient because it's uh, serviced by a series of individual point solutions and point technologies. And it's also expensive to move that data from environment A to environment B, vice versa. And then finally, what Gartner calls dark data. And you know, my experience as a former CIO in government uh, is very consistent with this, is that the government does an incredible job of capturing and collecting data, but not always a great job of making that data available for utilization and analysis and what have you. So in a nutshell, that's how we describe what is mass data fragmentation, also known as MDF, uh, which is very relevant in today's world. So in some ways, it is almost like disk fragmentation in that you get inefficiency of access just at a global level as opposed to a machine level. And yes. does data duplication accompany this data fragmentation when you have multiple cloud instances? Yes. Uh, space efficiency is absolutely key. If we think about even initiatives in government like data center optimization or data center consolidation, uh, we, I think all, you know, can agree that data is growing at an all, all time high and making sure that we have the most optimal footprint of that data is key. So yes, uh, data deduplication, compression uh, would all be uh, contributing factors to ensuring that uh, we manage the data in the leanest and most efficient manner. All right, then let's get to the idea of migrating sensitive data to the cloud, because data is one thing, but CUI, secret data, classified data, getting to the cloud is something else entirely. And how do agencies do that? What are some of the challenges to that migration, and how does that all fit into their cybersecurity plan writ large? All clouds aren't equal, especially when it comes to risk profiles. So I think uh, as agencies are evaluating their kind of journey to the cloud or migrating data to the cloud, they have to absolutely understand their data. So understanding where their data assets live, the classification, the sensitivity levels of that data. And then from a control perspective, benchmarking what the risk profile of, their, of that data is against a cloud provider. So if we think about compliance frameworks like uh, FedRAMP or in the DOD circles, impact levels, it's very important to ensure that uh, your data it, you know, commensurates with the appropriate risk profile and controls that live in, in the appropriate cloud environment. And should the data be tagged in some way? Should the metadata accompanying the migration to wherever it's going to end up, should that be part of the 
profiling of the data so that the metadata tag includes that information on how sensitive or secret it might be? Yes, the metadata tagging is is, is huge and, and indexing, for example. So no matter where the data lives, I and mean, we kind of live in a decentralized world today, so the data can move based on uh, mission SLAs and changing market conditions. So whether the data lives at a remote office or a branch office or the data center or the cloud, you really want that uh, unified control via the metadata tagging and indexing so you have the appropriate pointers to know where that data lives across these environments, whether you have a need to retrieve that data or even uh, locate that data. And it seems obvious, but the language in which people describe the cybersecurity challenge these days is generally, well, it's the data that we're trying to protect. And I guess maybe for the 30 or 40 years since cybersecurity has been a concern, they used to call it computer security. Ultimately, of course, it was the data But now that's become much more central to operations and to planning and to the applications deployed to the public. And so in the data era, then, what do you think are the biggest cybersecurity threats agencies face? Sure. First and foremost, this goes back to the spirit of DHS's CDM program, but identifying your, your, you know, your assets and, and more specifically, identifying your high value assets and the corresponding data is absolutely key. Number two, uh, to your point of, of how things have evolved we're no longer kind of in a network perimeter centric world. It's all about the data and it's all about the identity. It's no longer about protecting what's behind the fence or behind the firewall because, you know, again, it's, it's a decentralized ecosystem of services and service providers as well as the cloud that we live in. So having an enterprise security architecture that accommodates for the data and identity uh, perimeter is, is absolutely critical. And then finally, I would say incident response. Given that, again, you know, we kind of have a shared model, a shared service delivery model and a deployment model across these environments, it's not a matter of if, but when organizations and, and agencies will experience a breach or an incident. So knowing how to respond to that, knowing how to restore operations, knowing the stakeholders, uh, basically having that play-by-play, both at, you know, from an administrative and a technical perspective is absolutely critical. And sometimes when two data sets are juxtaposed, they have greater value because the combination creates information that didn't exist when they were separate. And so the potential for one data set being mixed in with another one could increase its sensitivity. So should that be part of that whole tagging and metadata arrangement, the potential for data interplay? Yes, segmentation. I think segmentation, so you don't have a co-mingling effect of that data is is key. So in some cases, you may be collecting the dots, but you don't want to connect the dots because of of security reasons and making sure you have that, you have separation of of that data and segmentation of that data. So that will be in scope as, as well. Because that comes up in the context of the election coming up, and the federal government certainly has a interest, if not the authority, over what local election commissions do, state, municipal, and so on, county. But that data is out there, and there are multiple data sets even within a jurisdiction. And so what are some of the cybersecurity issues that should concern federal agencies and state and local agencies with respect to the data with the election that's going to happen in many forms, both mail-in regular balloting machines of all different types, and so on. Sure. So first and foremost, I would say the data itself needs to be consolidated, right? It's simply to reduce the attack surface. Uh, that is that is key. Uh, as you mentioned, there's uh, network-connected systems, there's interconnected systems, there could be cloud services. There's a variety of architectures that are supporting kind of the election infrastructure more broadly. It's absolutely key to ensure that. And what do you see as the federal role in securing all of these disparate sets of data? 
So DHS in 2017 uh, basically categorized election infrastructure as critical infrastructure. DHS and more specifically uh, CISA now has purview over these uh, even state and local organizations and infrastructure. So making sure that uh, cybersecurity best practices are followed, everything from things like multi-factor authentication, encryption is deployed. DHS you know, can play a role there from a assessment perspective, providing services, as well as even training. So I think that is absolutely key. And then also understanding the uh, upstream and downstream effects of that data. While there may be a kind of a delineation from a state and local perspective and a federal perspective, understanding the data flows between these systems more broadly builds that risk picture. So while a system or a service may not be in a, it may be in an organizational boundary, federal or state, there may also be this spillover or lateral movement challenge that could be in play. And let's talk about disaster recovery in the event that something should happen, because things do happen, and that could be a loss of a data center, or it could be the purloining of data by mal-actors, restoring the loss of information after the fact. And you might also want to talk about the stewardship of the data, such that if it needs to be consulted as a rewind after some, again, in the election context, something that might be looked at or contested, uh, the data becomes really critical. Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, ensuring that you don't have single point of failures when it comes to the data is key. So as you look across your data assets, you want to make sure that you have redundancy and resiliency baked into those architectures. With the cloud, there's low commodity cloud storage that can certainly help with, with archiving and, and ensuring that you have additional copies of that data in, in a very uh, cost and technically efficient manner. I would say uh, that is certainly number one. And then the, even the, from an integrity perspective, you want to make sure that you have the, the auditability, the traceability uh, of that data in the event um, that you do experience a compromise. And then number three, we are going to experience various threat vectors as, as part of this ecosystem. So ransomware in particular is a, an attack vector, a th threat vector that we fully anticipate will be at play with this election. So making sure that uh, you have the right uh, technology tooling so you can restore back to a known good state uh, with ensuring that you have the, uh, again, the integrity there is, is also key in terms of restoring operations. You, in that scenario, you have the root cause analysis component to go back and look at what exactly transpired, performing that a deeper analysis. But to your point, there's also a more, a more time sensitive matter at hand of how do we actually restore operations in the, more, in, in, in the fastest way possible. Ransomware is a big part of that. Sure. So in the election context and really any critical application context, chain of custody is really important. So that if you do roll back to that point in time that you have your recovery set at, you have to be able to demonstrate almost in an auditable fashion that you haven't lost anything in that rewind. Yes. And automations and orchestration is a big part of that. You know, that used to be a manual process in some cases, which had a direct impact on kind of your recovery time and recovery point objectives. But given the automation orchestration that we have today, while you want to maintain that chain, while you want to maintain that sequence for a variety of reasons, a lot of it can be shifted from kind of traditional human-centered tasks to more technology automated tasks. And what can Cohesity bring to this question? So Cohesity, our platform and our file system, the way it's structured, part of our secret sauce is that we can do snapshotting and restores in a very expedient manner from a data restoration and a uh, mission uh, resiliency perspective, we have the ability to restore your data operations and your data uh, very, very quickly in the event that you do experience a breach of that nature. 
so basically, Cohesity treats the data as a commodity that's valuable, separate and abstracted from the underlying systems, which may or may not be breached if something happens. Yes, a, a common unified data fabric that is managed in a central manner that supports a variety of applications and services. So again, a data-centric focus for cybersecurity is really where things are headed. The infrastructure layer, the plumbing and stitching can often be reconstructed uh, relatively quickly, but it's all about your data and it's all about the identity. So being able to protect that number one and restore that in the most efficient way is a critical success factor. Steve Graywall is the Chief Technology Officer at Cohesity Federal. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. For more on how Cohesity and DLT are securing operations for public sector organizations, visit dlt.com. You've been listening to GovIT from DLT. We'll be back next month with more. I'm Tom Temin.